0: morning church family Uh, looking forward to spending some time together in the word and uh, though I have been excited about the series that we've been in over the past several weeks I'm a little uh, I'm a little sad uh, that it ends um, today so if you're you're new or this is your first time in a long time uh, we've been working through a series here called this is us Um, It's been a really fun time where we've just kind of been processing through who we are as a church and what God wants to do through us in this community and all throughout the world for years and years to come. Now, we've been looking at um, our, our mission as a church, which, by the way, comes directly from the mouth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28. We believe First Baptist Church, Saltillo, that God has placed us so that we would glorify him by making disciples in Saltillo and throughout the world. That's why we're here. That's what we wanna do every single day. We want to see disciples made not only in our community, but across the globe. And we wanna see those disciples making more disciples. This is what Jesus said when he told the early church to go, right, and make disciples. And so we believe we're right there in that same mix. And we want to be serving exactly how Jesus told us to serve and expand his kingdom. Also, we walked through for the last several weeks about our specific plan for making disciples here and throughout the world. It's a really simple process, it's four parts. It sounds like this, follow Jesus, grow together, serve others, and multiply disciples. That's what we believe is the best strategy for us here in our context to help make disciples. Now, what we mean when we say follow Jesus, it's pretty simple. We mean that we want to help people begin and maintain a growing relationship with Christ. We want to help people not only surrender their lives to Jesus and begin a lifelong journey with him, but we want to help people develop spiritual habits so that they can continue to walk with him from the day they made the decision until they are no longer here on this earth. We want people to follow Jesus. Here's what we mean when we say grow together. We want people to connect with other believers in biblical community. You say, Danny, why? Why is it in so why is it so important that we all experience biblical community? Well, it's simple spiritual growth happens best through accountable relationships. And that's what we want to provide here. We want to provide small groups, we want to provide growth opportunities, we want to provide ministry areas where people can grow together and become more like Jesus every single people to follow Jesus. We want people to grow together. We also want people to serve others. You say, Danny, what do we mean when we say serve others? Well, this is also simple. We want to help people discover and use their spiritual gifts. We believe every part of the body of Christ has been uniquely designed, uniquely gifted, and placed here in this local body to use those gifts to make disciples. We want to show our community the love of Jesus. And for us, we just don't think there's any, other, uh, there's any better way than how Jesus did it when he loved others through serving. We want to follow Jesus. We want to grow together. We want to serve others. And lastly, we want to multiply disciples. This is a big idea, right? Big concept. Danny, what do we mean when we say multiply disciples? Well, we want to equip and deploy disciples people here in our church to teach others also to follow Jesus. Now for us, listen, this is when we become disciples who make disciples. This is when we begin to turn the world upside down with the gospel of Jesus. Now, I'm processing through our mission as a church to glorify God by making disciples. I'm processing through our strategy and what that's going to look like as we follow Jesus and grow together and serve others and multiply disciples. And really, here's the only thing that kept popping into my mind. What would happen if this was happening in our community? What kind of impact would Jesus be making on the world if we would simply do what he asked us to do, if we would simply obey him? Now, maybe you're thinking, okay, Danny, why this mission? Why this strategy? Why this? Why are we spending weeks talking about the things that we've talked about? Well, here's my simple answer to that. Every single church, not just ours, has the specific goal, has been commissioned to make disciples throughout the world. What Jesus said in Matthew 28, what he said at the end of every gospel account, what he said in Acts 1-8, all of his commissioning statements wasn't just for us, it wasn't just for the early church in Acts, it wasn't just for those 12 disciples, it's for every local body of Christ as they continue to move into the future and expand the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, this particular mission is really not that specific to Us. Every church exists to bring glory to God and make disciples. Now they're in a different context. They've got different people. They may go about it a different way, but the mission is the same. Which leads us to why our strategy is so important. Though our mission may be the same as every other church, not everyone is in the same context with the same people, in the same place, with culture. We're all unique. Not in our mission, Jesus has commissioned all of us the same way, but we're unique in the way in which we accomplish the mission that Jesus has given us. Now the best way that I've thought through this, or the best way I've heard someone talk about this, was a pastor in our area not that many weeks ago. I was listening to him preach a sermon and he was talking about different houses in his community. And it made me think about houses really just on the street in which our church is on. Are all of those houses the same? Of course they're not, right? They're different. But are all of them houses? Yes, we would agree. Though they're different, they are all houses. Yet they were, uh, though they were all built so that people could live there and grow up there, do they all have the same structure? Do they all look the same? Do they have, uh, all have the same families in them? Do they all have the same paint or amount of rooms or anything else that you can add about your house that my house? Here's what the conclusion I came to. They all have the same purpose, but they're all built different. You say, Danny, why are you talking about houses? Well, because I don't think this is just true for your house and my house. I think this is true when it comes to the local church. I think churches are different. Though they have the same purpose, they are built to accomplish that purpose just a little bit differently. Now, listen, it wasn't that long ago when I moved here to this community. And as you know, for those of you who have moved to a new community, one of the very first things that becomes important to you when you move somewhere else is to find a house, right? Like we had to do that too. We looked at a lot of different houses. We had to find somewhere that our family would be, where our kids would grow up, where we would settle down, right, and be a part of this community. We had to find a house. We looked at I don't know how many different houses. And listen, every house that we looked at, it was great. There were things about those houses that we loved. There were things about those houses that No house is perfect, but they're all houses. Now, for us and my family, here's what finally happened. We found the house that fit our family. We found the house that was built for us. Now I was thinking about that, and I thought, how many people actually realize this is also true in the church? All churches exist to glorify God by making disciples, but the way in which they make them looks different from context to context. Can I tell you something, friends? We're not any different than any other church. Though our mission is the same, to make disciples across the world, how we do that might be different than another church down the road. So you say, Danny, why are you talking about all that? Because here's what I want to do this morning. I want to let you in on a a few of the blueprints that maybe you don't always get to see when it comes to how God's building this house. I want to let you in on some of the, uh, the, the building components of our church. I want to let you in call here our core values. Now listen, Jesus would consider them to be how he has uniquely built this local body. He would consider them how he has uniquely built this house. And I want you to hear what God's doing here how he's building us and designing us to make disciples not only here but throughout the world. I want you to see why our strategy is so important. I want you to see more of the nuts and bolts about who we are so that you can see this is a beautiful place for your family to connect, not just because you like the people who are next to you, but because you truly believe that this is where God wants your family be to be to accomplish the mission of the church. Let me show you a few of those blueprints, as I like to call them. Some of the things that the builder might see that you don't always get a glimpse of. Here's number one. We know here, very important to us, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It's extremely important for our church. You say, Danny, what do you mean? Nothing is more important than a relationship with Jesus. Everything we do is so that people can know and follow him. Listen, I love how the apostle Paul wrote this to the church at Rome when he penned these words. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. One thing that I'm so thankful for at this house, One thing that I'm so thankful for that God is doing here is that we are unapologetic and unashamed of the gospel. You say, Danny, what does that look like? Well, that's why we meet multiple times a week for worship. This is why we invest countless dollars in missions and community outreach. This is why we have staff and a building and a budget and everything else that we have here. It is for Jesus and because of Jesus. There is nothing else, only Jesus. We want people above everything else We want people following him. We want people becoming more like him. We want people living like Jesus. Listen, if everyone was focused on Jesus plus nothing else, here's what we believe here, we would actually be changing the world. We would actually be seeing our community and the entire globe turned upside down for Jesus. If in my life it really was Jesus plus nothing else, what kind of impact would we have on the community around us? I love how Jesus put it in John 15 when he said, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You say, Danny, what's he talking about? He's saying that him plus nothing, everything. You know what you need in your life? You need Jesus. Paul said this to the church at Corinth. He said, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can I let you in on a secret, friends? It's a little insight into the blueprints of our church. We also claim nothing more than Jesus and him crucified. Because we know Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Let me show you another one. Number number two. We live in the world what we learn in the Word. You say, Danny, that sounds a little confusing. I agree with you. Just let it settle in for a minute, all right? We live in the world what we learn in the Word. Now, maybe you're wondering, what what exactly are you talking about? Well, here's what we're talking about. Here at FBCS, the world doesn't set our standards. You say, Danny, what does sets our standards? Scripture does. Listen, it's not the world that creates our standards. It's the Word of God that creates our standards. You say, Danny, why do you live the way you live in the world? Because of what I've learned in the Word. You say, Danny, why do you make that decision? Why do you act that way? Why do you do what you do? I live the way I live because of what I've learned in the Word. It's everything to me. It's how I know what I need to do next. Listen, more than mere decisions for Jesus, we value making disciples of Jesus who don't just know his word. We value making disciples of Jesus who are obedient to him. Listen, knowing the word is great, but doing what the word says is the ultimate goal of our church and our people. Second Timothy chapter three, Paul wrote this to a young preacher. He said, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I don't know if you heard that, but to me, Paul is clear when he writes these words to Timothy. He's not just looking for Timothy to know things from the Bible. He wants Timothy and every other follower of Jesus to be complete equipped for every good work. We need scripture so that we can live, not just know, but we can actually live the way that Jesus desires for us to live. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven. He said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, by the way, don't miss that. It's not just those who hear the words, it's those who do the words that they heard from him, right? He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. He goes on, he says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Hey friends, listen, we don't want to be tossed about to and fro by every wind by every rain by every storm. No no no, we've got something much better than just the standards of this world. We've got the word of God that we can build our lives on. That's why for us this book is the, is the guiding it's the guiding factor in everything that we do here. We live in the world what we learn in the word. Let me show you this next one. It's number 3. We believe this with every fiber of our, we are better together. You say, Danny, I don't know the other person on the other side of the sanctuary. I know, but can I tell you something, friend? You're better because of them. You say, I don't know that person in the back. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know that person in the back either. But you know what I know? We're better together. Listen, one thing that I've learned in my short time here It's all the different ways that God has designed us uniquely to be here because really there's not one person who makes this thing happen. There's no one pastor that drives everything that's happening here. No, no, no. Every person is here because together we can do things that we could never do on our own. We are better together. Listen, authentic, transparent, accountable relationships are essential to spiritual growth. We need each other. We need people to encourage us and push us to become more like jesus i love how the writer of hebrews put it he said and let us consider how to another to love in good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near can i tell you something that's true of us we refuse to walk alone We know the importance of relationships and how much we need each other. God never intended for us to be alone. He created us to be better together. I love the way Paul put it when he wrote to the church at Ephesus. This is in Ephesians chapter four. These words are so incredible. Here's what he wrote. He said, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. We're a family that's better together. You know, I was watching Kennedy this morning and I was remembering what that process was like for me when I was a kid. I was remembering Josiah when I got to baptize him and he began his journey with Jesus. And you know what's more beautiful than just me beginning a journey with Jesus on my own is that Kennedy this morning, when she got baptized and she professed Jesus in front of this family and she came she became a part of this local body of believers, you know what happened? She gained numerous spiritual mothers, numerous spiritual fathers, numerous spiritual brothers and spiritual sisters, she gained more than she could possibly know right now. You say, Danny, how do you know? Because we are better together. It's a beautiful thing knowing that we're not alone in this life, but instead God has given us a revolutionary family that will love us and care for us and encourage us and challenge us and work with us and cry with us. It is incredible to know that we are in this thing together. One father of all, creating one family that's better together. Let me show you number four. I like this one, this one's fun for me. We give so others can gain. It's another one of the the blueprints that you may not always see, just kind of spelled out somewhere, but you see it in the culture of our church every time you turn around. You say, Danny, what do you mean? Well, here's the simple truth to this. We gained new life because God gave his son. Listen, when it comes to gaining by giving, God is our greatest model. We are simply doing back what he has already shown to us. You say Danny, what do you mean? Probably most famously is this Bible, is this verse in the Bible. It's John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not but have eternal life. Did you catch that? God gave His only Son so that you could what? Gain eternal life. Listen, He's our greatest model, which is why we strive to give so that others can gain. You say, Danny, what does that look like? We give our time. We give our resources We give our abilities, why? We wanna see this church get bigger, no. We wanna pay our staff more, no. We wanna see bigger ministry areas, or or more clothes and food donated. No, that's not the the underlying issue. Do we want God to continue to expand? Absolutely, here's why we give. We give our time, our resources, our abilities, so that people can meet Jesus. That's why we give. Our goal is to be contributors, not consumers. And listen, friends, I've seen this from day one in my time here at this church. Whether it's a construction project or an eight days of hope trip or serve Saltillo week where we're serving our community or the food pantry or the clothing closet or school supplies or OCC or blessing bags, listen, it's obvious that a huge part of our church culture here is to give so that others can gain. Can I let you in on a little secret? Saltillo, listen, it's our base, but the world is our mission. Can you imagine what happens when these things begin to expand from right here in our community to across the globe? I love what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He wrote, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Hey, friend, you giving so that people can gain. Let me show you this last one. This is number five, fifth core part of our blueprints that you may not see. We know every member is a minister. We believe that. Every person who has joined in the membership, partnered with this church to do ministry here and across the world, we believe every single one of you, even those who haven't joined, every one of you that is a part of the capital C big church body of Christ, every member is a minister, One thing that is certainly true for us is that church is more than a building. Listen, it's more than a Sunday morning worship gathering. God is more concerned not with a church's seating capacity. He's more concerned with a church's sending capacity. This is why Paul told the church at Ephesus that the leaders there were placed there to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. In other words, Every member is a minister doing the work of ministry so that the body of Christ will be built up. That's why we want to pursue servanthood over self. Because the church is God's people, his body, using their spiritual gifts to love and serve others. Listen to this from 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To each, every member of the body. Is given the manifestation of the Spirit. You've been gifted. Here's why for the common good. Listen, we truly believe that here. Every member of is a minister listen these are our blueprints these are our core values this is the culture that we believe God is creating here at our church and I believe these values and our mission and our strategy all point to what a mature disciple of Jesus really is as a matter of fact I got a little graphic I want to show you the hard work that uh, you may not have seen but I want you to see kind of the the, the image kind of the undergirding foundation of everything that we've been working on here. Our goal over the last year has really been to define what a disciple of Jesus looks like. And once we did, We were able then to embrace our mission better, we were able to look at our strategy through a new lens, and we were able to become much more intentional. Not just about people knowing who Jesus is, but we were able to become much more intentional about helping every person mature in their journey with Christ so that they become disciples who make disciples. So this graphic that you see that's up on the screen right now, it comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Here's what Jesus said to his followers. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt. Now listen, we found this terminology to be perfect for a community, which, by the way, in its name begins with the word salt. Now I know we don't call it saltillo, although we did when we first got here. But isn't it amazing that as we think about our own context and we think about Jesus calling us the salt of the earth, we live in a very place that has that word in it. What a reminder for us that Jesus has called us to be salt, a revolutionary agent that can change the world. Wouldn't it be amazing if we embraced this as disciples of Jesus? Matter of fact, when we were going through this process and we listed out all the things that we believe are essential to a disciple who makes a disciple, Corey was the one who said, you know what, what if we use the word salt in order to display our disciples? Now, I know it may be a little cheesy, but it fits perfectly for our context. I want you to see this. The S represents spending meaningful time with Jesus in worship and the Word. We believe every disciple of Jesus, every person who's made a commitment to Him to follow Him, it really begins with our own personal relationship of spending meaningful time with Him. As a matter of fact, would you say that's the characteristic of your life, that you find yourself spending meaningful time in worship to Jesus, whether it's here corporately or privately on your own? Would you say your day has meaningful time with Jesus in the word as you spend time processing through who he wants you to be? Would you say that daily you are following Jesus? If not, then I would invite you. I would invite you to meet a guy named Jesus, and I'd love to tell you how you're following him for the rest of your life. Let me ask you this, because here's what the A represents. We believe not only does every disciple of Jesus spend meaningful time with him in worship and the word, we believe every disciple of Jesus is accountable to other believers through biblical community. We believe that. We believe that spiritual growth happens best through relationships, if you don't have that. If you're not accountable to other believers that are pushing you to be more like Jesus, then guess what, friends? We think you're missing a component to the maturity that Jesus wants to bring in your life. If you say, Danny, I'm a disciple of Christ, but I have zero accountable relationships with other believers that are helping me be more like him, then here's what I would say to you, friend. You're missing it. You need those in your life. This is why, by the way, we have tons of groups that you can get involved in. This is why we have ministry areas that you can partner uh, through through other growth opportunities for you to deepen your faith with other believers. Why? Because accountable relationships are essential to you growing in your faith. This is why we want to grow together. I want you to see that L. It's one of my favorites. The L in SALT stands for Loving Others Through Serving. We not only believe every disciple will spend meaningful time with God, we don't just believe that every disciple has accountable relationships with other believers. We also believe that every disciple will love others through serving and using their spiritual gifts for Jesus. We believe that wholeheartedly. Why? Because that's how the world will be turned upside down. You know what Jesus said? He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Let me tell you some friends. Jesus is the greatest model of servant leadership. And if he would love others by serving to the point of laying down his life, why would we think we're any different? You say, Danny, I don't know how to do that. I don't know where to serve. I don't know how to get involved. Can I tell you something, friends? we got tons of resources for you to do that. We would love to plug you in with what that looks like so you could take your next step in your journey with Jesus and begin loving others through serving. Let me show you this last one. This is the T, right? You see SALT, pretty apparent there. This T stands for teaching others how to follow Jesus. Listen, we believe all disciples of Jesus that are maturing and growing, they are people who spend meaningful time with God. They are people who are accountable to other believers. They are people who love others through serving, and they are people who teach other people how to follow Jesus. We believe that multiplying disciples is a huge component of what Jesus has asked us to do as his church. You say, Danny, I don't know how to do that. I don't know where to connect next. I don't know where to plug in. I don't know how to multiply disciples. Hey friends, listen, we got tons of resources to help you do all of these things you say danny why do you keep pushing this why do we keep talking about this why why are we going over this over and over and over and over again i don't know if you ever heard this story as a matter of fact i don't remember his name let me look at it hold on i shut everything up so now i gotta start over from the top you ready it just reset i I don't know any other way you ever heard of a guy named kyle mcdonald I don't know if you ever heard of him, but Kyle was a, uh, a guy who was like a trade show uh, uh, guy. He would do like, um, uh, you know, the value of things and um, how much things cost and how much you could get for it. Kind of like those, you know, trade show kind of uh, TV shows that we watch. Kyle was kind of doing that for a living. And Kyle decided one day that he wanted to buy a house, but he couldn't buy one. And so he decided to use an old game. It was called Bigger and Better. I don't know if y'all ever played that game. We used to do that in youth groups where we'd go to somebody's house and we had like a can of beans and we'd say, hey, what will you trade us for this can of beans? And they would say, we'll give you a bag of rice. All right. And by the end of the day, we'd come back with something better than what we started with. You remember kind of a concept like that? Well, Kyle did that, but he did it to buy a house. He said, Annie, how did he do it? Well, he used some online uh, um, ad, kind of classified ad stuff, and he started with a red paperclip. This is no joke. It's a true story. Kyle started with a red paperclip, and he went from a red paperclip to 14 trades later to he owned his own house. You say, Danny, how did he do it? Well, actually you can actually read about the process he went to like a paperclip and then you know he went to like a meeting with kiss or some kind of snow globe and then he went to like acting classes i don't remember all they were but eventually he traded like some acting classes that uh, with some big famous actor he traded that for a house that somebody owned you said any all it took him was 14 trades yeah He started with a paperclip and went to a house? Absolutely. How many of you realize the difference in the value of a paperclip and the value of a house? Big time. He did all of it because he was intentional on one goal. The goal was getting a house. Can I let you in on something? What might happen to the church if we realize that we have one goal? What might happen if we had that kind of focus and that kind of intentionality That, by the way, is much bigger than a house, right? The difference in a paperclip to a house can't even compare to what the church has been commissioned to do. You say, Danny, what do you mean? The church has been commissioned to go find dead people and bring them back to life. It's a huge difference, right? Dead, now living. You say, Danny, how are we going to do it? We're going to do it the same way that Kyle did it. We're gonna do it by being intentional about growing in our faith and sharing that with other people who need to meet Jesus. You say, Danny, why is this mission so important? Why have we spent so much time with this strategy? Why are you showing us a salt graphic on the screen? Why have you talked about our core values? Well, it's simple. All of these things are being built so that every person in this room can be strategic and intentional and purposeful about making disciples of Jesus. We don't want to go from a paperclip to a house. We want to go from a lost and dying world to the kingdom of God being brought down here. You say, Danny, is that going to be hard? Absolutely. So how can we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit by inviting him into our lives every single day and taking our next step in our faith journey with Jesus one step at a time, we can begin to change the world. I don't know if you've looked out in the backyard, but you won't find any trees out there that disciples grow on. They don't just happen automatically. They happen when a church gets serious and intentional about leading people into faith with Jesus and helping them walk with him listen, I got all kinds of ways that you can respond this morning. As a matter of fact, you might be here this morning and you've been thinking, Danny, we, we've been wanting to join this church. We've been interested in, in becoming a part of this family. Listen, we got all kinds of ways for you to do that. One of the best ways, this is hard to see, but at our next steps area back there, we got this little info card about something called Discover First. This is a new class that we're offering for anybody who wants to be a member at our church. We wanna, we wanna walk you through who we are. We wanna let you meet our staff and we wanna share with you our heart and our vision for what God's gonna do here and why your family should be a part of this family. We'd love for you to sign up for this. You can do it by simply scanning this QR code and filling out this form and we'll let you know when we meet and we'll give you some lunch and we'll hang out together. Listen, I know there are several families in here who have been considering this. Maybe this is your push to join God and partner with the ministry that he's doing here. Or maybe you say, Danny, I don't... I don't, my my faith in Jesus is kind of lacking. What can I do as I follow him? Man, we got Bible reading plans. We got a process for you to read through scripture. We've got devotional material. We'd love to help you with that. You say, Danny, I'm not a part of a group. How can I get involved in some accountable relationships? Well, this one's from my Sunday school class. I'm a little biased, I like them. But we got a little card on every single small group that we offer on this campus on Sunday mornings. And here's what it is, a little info about it on the back and another little QR code. You know what happens when you scan this? You will get to talk to the leader of that group, and they'll be able to reach out to you and let them know exactly why you should be a part of that group and growing in accountable relationships. You don't have an excuse not to be in a small group anymore. You say, Danny, I've been wanting to serve. I don't really know where to connect next. How do I start loving others through serving? Listen, if you don't know your spiritual gifts, we got another little card back there. It's got a way for you to walk through and survey how God has uniquely gifted you. You can do this. It's really simple. We've made it as easy as we can. Just take this test. And when you do, listen, we'll contact you. We will let you know exactly how those particular gifts line up at your, at our church. And listen, we'll help you find one of these cards for where you can serve. And we'll sign you up for it. And you'll start loving others through serving as soon as possible. Listen, I I'm not trying to make it easy <laughs> to follow Jesus. It's not always the easiest decision you'll make, but it's certainly the best one. And if you've ever thought, "I don't know what to do next. I don't know what my next step is. I don't know how to respond," Danny, listen. I don't believe that's an excuse anymore. We are helping you in every way that we can to respond to whatever your next step is so that you can become more like Jesus and you can go from not knowing him to multiplying disciples as you take your next step. Hey friends, I don't know what yours is, but I'm inviting you today. Actually, I'm not inviting you. Jesus is inviting you today to take your next step with him. If you don't know him, you meet me in that lobby. I'll tell you how you can have a relationship with Jesus I'll tell you how he can change everything in a moment today. You need help on following. You need help on growing. You need help on serving. We got all that. Listen, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go in that lobby. If you need help connecting with any of these areas, you come find me. I'll show you where to go. As a matter of fact, you don't even need me. The next steps area is out there. You've got hands. You can reach and grab it. Go use it. It's for you. We want to help you make disciples here and throughout the world. Let's start glorifying God and doing what he's called us to do. Listen, you respond as he leads you to do so. Jesus, we love you. Thank you. God, you're awesome. Thank you so much.